managing your business so you can sleep at night, so you can leave your business and go on vacation. If your business is set up for that, uh, you can get bonding. And if it's not, get a good bond agent and work with them until you get to that point. Less stress, more time, more money. Welcome to the Cash Flow Contractor interview. Martin, you were in Memphis this summer, right? Uh, last summer. Last yeah. Su yeah, this past summer, not in the future, obviously. Uh, what did you think about Memphis? I love Memphis. Uh, I've only been there a few times, but I. what's the name of that hotel in Memphis? I'm asking our guests. Peabody. With Peabody, where ducks come down the elevator in the morning, a whole herd of ducks. Is that real? And they go and they swim around the fountain in the lobby, and then at night, they march out of the fountain, go to the elevator, and ride up to the top where they spend the night. It's well, you, do you know the story behind that, Martin? I do not. Well, back in the 20s, uh, it was legal to use live ducks for calling other ducks for, for hunting. For decoys? Yeah, Memphis is flat as a pancake, so um, we live for duck hunting because, you know, that's one of the main things that we like to do. And so the manager and the owner had their live calling ducks uh, with them after they came back from a hunt one morning and they put them in the fountain there at the Peabody, let them swim around. And uh, the wow. rest is history. <laughs> well, people go to Memphis just to stay there and see that. Yeah, they live in a, in a, uh, a, a palace type of, uh, structure up on the roof and they ride the elevator down at three o'clock every day and then the, there's a duck master and a uniform and they roll out the red carpet and they come off the elevator and they march to the fountain and swim around wow <laughs> talk about a competitive advantage in business right right having a duck master but no memphis is uh, uh, my idea of starting to be in the real south yeah, and barbecue and music and the Memphis Bells out there on a on an island in the Mississippi, isn't it? Or used to be. Yeah, well, they Michigan. they just moved it up to Washington D.C. to a museum where okay. it's better cared for. But um, yeah, gotcha. yeah, Memphis Bells from Memphis, famous B fifty two bomber, home of Elvis. Right. Yeah, um, home of Elvis. Oh, I forgot Elvis. So yeah. many yeah. good things. Yeah. I have to say one last one last thing about Memphis. That surprised me. If you look at the risk of death from earthquakes around the United States, the number one place is what, Stephen? Uh, I would say Memphis. Memphis. Why Memphis? Yeah. Because there's a major fault running under there, and then it has mud or, or soil on top, which uh, amplifies the waves. And Anyway, I was shocked to find that. You better Find get out, see I don't. Yeah. You, you know all yeah, about risk. Good. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, first, before we get into today's topic, when we're talking about being bonded, um, but I want to hear a little bit about your journey as a podcast host, Stephen. How did you get started? Why were you crazy enough to do it? Well, I guess about a year and a half ago, a um, couple of friends of mine, Rob Williams, who's a uh, uh, construction business co coach like you, Martin, 
and Wade Carpenter, a construction CPA uh, friend in Atlanta, we decided to start doing a podcast together. And it's called the Contractor Success Forum. And we have about 100 topics you can you can download and listen to. And Martin was our, our guest back in July. Yeah. Uh, he, he had met Rob uh, somewhere, and they got to be friends. And uh, it was, you know, really one of our, our most popular podcasts. And um, don't so do thank that. You for that. You're going to inflate his ego, Stephen. Yeah, well, I do. <laughs> you might put that in the show notes. For real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, the most but, quotable you know, moment. Cash, cash yeah. flow is a popular topic. Yeah. Cash flow. It's everything to a contractor. So, anyway, what we do is we just we we do it just for information purposes um, only. Is mm-hmm. just to get out information about the finer points of running a construction operation. Yeah things you need to know so um rob's a contractor that i used to bond by the way Mm. um and um wade is a second generation construction cpa and um i can just tell you that any construction cpa will tell you they don't learn it in college it's an (laughs) art form so there's that i mean Kudos to you guys for running a show. You're about to cross 100 episodes. I know how difficult that is. Uh, consistency is so important, but it's always a challenge too. So uh, everybody go check out the contract, uh, Contractor Success Forum. You can find it on anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also their website, contra- contractorsuccessforum.com. Um, you mentioned Bonded, uh, that you used to bond one of your, uh, your co-hosts. And... I know as much about being bonded as I do about DNA reproduction. And (laughs) so, sure, I get the concept, but I really want to better understand it. I'm sure that there's contractors out there or people in business who who want to understand more about being bonded. So, Stephen, what what does being bonded mean? Well, being bonded is getting a company. They're usually almost exclusively insurance companies that have bonding departments, and they guarantee you're going to do what you say you're going to do. So there's different types of bonds. There's um, um, license and permit bonds that you get. Every time you go to start a new project in a new city, there are certain permit bonds you have to get. Well, we do those too, but um, they're easier to get. They're called license and permit bonds. Second thing is construction bonds, performance and payment bonds, they guarantee you're going to do the project that you bid in the time frame and in the scope of work according to the contract um, with no liens and all suppliers and subcontractors paid. So there's a performance and payment bond that we issue. But every contractor has to start with a bid bond. You want to bid a job that requires a bond, you have to be pre-approved for, for bonds, Khalil. So um, that's what we do. We are a broker that's kind of a matchmaker, you yeah. know, construction yenta. I don't know. But, <laughs> you know, our, our job is to, um, to match you up with the right surety company. Yeah. And those surety companies, like I said, are divisions of insurance companies. That's why you see insurance companies handle bonds. Mm. And so just like, you know, the whole subject matter that Martin and I were talking about of specialists, it's like getting a subcontractor to do um, uh, 
concrete work. They might can do it, but it, it'll be ugly. So, so same with bonds. You want to find a surety bonding agent um, that, that has years of experience and knows what they're doing. And it's a valuable source of advice. You get pre-approved for those bonds. We help you do that. And um, then every step of the way ties in exactly with what we preach at the Contractor Success Forum and what you preach at the Cash Flow Contractor, and that is uh, managing your business so you can sleep at night, so you can leave your business and go on vacation. If your business is set up for that, uh, you can get bonding. And if it's not, get a good bond agent and work with them until you get to that point. So right. it sounds like that pre-approval process is key. And in order to get pre-approved, you've got to be running a good operation. Uh, what well, it certainly the, helps. <laughs> yeah. What are the, what's the biggest pitfall when going through that pre-approval process? Because I'm assuming, and let's even back up a little bit, you obviously don't have to get bonded for every single job or else we'd have a lot less contractors. What are the jobs that you definitely have to get bonded for typically and where it's required? Well, any municipality, state government, federal government, it's required by law that you get bonded. That's to protect taxpayers' money. And also some owners will require you to provide a bond. And as a subcontractor, you might have a general contractor that wants you to bond back your work to them. So in any situation where a bond is required, it's a great idea to know a little bit about it beforehand and also to be set up for bonding does a need come up. I have right. contractors that bid stuff, um, you know, every week and contractors that need a bond once every two years. Yeah. So. I, yeah. I would imagine it's mo like most things when you need it, if you haven't done it already, then you're kind of screwed uh, because it takes, it's a process. You've got to really work through it to be able to get pre-approved. You can't just be like, okay, I've got to bid this job. We're trying to win it in the next week. Let's get bonded. Uh, it's probably not that simple, is it? No. But, yeah. you know, that's our job right. is to help you put that information together to get approved. And um, um, I used to be a bond underwriter, so it was my job. I was trained to decide whether to give you the bond or not. Right. So, so well, what you did could you think decide of it on? as getting a mortgage maybe, but it's sure. not that difficult. Okay. I've gotten mortgages, and I always thought bonding was easier to get than mortgages for sure. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, what does it take? What Like if we're going through that pre-approval process, me and Martin are starting our construction company. No one's going to accept our bid, but we need to be bonded to be able to put the bid in. Uh, what what do we need to do? What is, what is, what's the process? Well, first, out, first of all, reach out um, to a good bonding agent. Mm -hmm. And... Um, if you have a construction professional team in place, lawyer, accountant, C, um, you know, construction-oriented CPA preferably, um, they'll know the best bonding agents in town. Um, McDaniel Whitley, we work all over the country, um, so you could reach out to me if you want. But I'm happy to talk t with you through the process. Did you know there's credit scoring bonds where all they basically do is want to know about your experience and they run a credit report on you hmm. and they can approve bonds up to a million dollars that way. Wow. So there's that part of the business, but that's not the answer for most contractors that bid work because the rates are higher 
and you're you're limited. You can only do one of these type of bonds at a time um, because you've maxed out your capacity. So what we want to do is work with you where you're getting every surety company or bonding company wants your business and are fighting for it. Then you get the best rates, the best terms, and um, um, the best options. And you attract the best surety companies. Folks, these surety companies have incredible wealth of, of information. They have the best lawyers. They have the best data on what causes bond claims. They have the best information about how to keep you out of bond claim and how to support you when a bogus claim comes up against your bond. So uh, again, that's the goal. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But are you willing, are good bonding agents willing to work with somebody, let's say for a year who's exploring and you say, you know, you're not ready to be bonded yet. We need to fix these things. Uh, doesn't mean that you're putting in 40 hours a week working for somebody, but you're advising them so that they can grow to the point, have the systems and processes that make them attractive to bonding. Absolutely. That's, yeah. that's what we do all day. And I only get paid. First of all, we don't charge for bid bonds. But right. if if you're the low bidder and you need a performance and payment bond, we get a, a commission of that bond premium. So that's how we get paid. So if we don't get you approved, we don't get paid. So I don't. I th I think you're getting a lot of value. Sure. That yeah. way. Let me ask one quick definition. Bid bond, we've said a lot. What's a bid bond? All right, bid bond is what you're required to put, to turn in with your bid on a job that requires a bond. So the whole list of things you have to turn in with your bond, your checklist of items, uh, unit bid prices, all the forms and affidavits about um, um, uh, fairness and, and, and every other thing required in that contract, you also have to put in a bid bond form. And the bid bond is 5% usually of the contract amount. On federal jobs, it's 20% of whatever your contract amount is. And it, it guarantees that if you're low bidder and they don't award the job because you pull out of it, that they can recoup their cost of up to 5 to 10% of your bid to rebid it. Okay. So you say, well, how often does that happen? I can tell you never. Never, because state laws let you pull out of a bid if you made a material miscalculation. So um, that's that's one thing. But the whole key is the bid bonds guarantee that if you're low bidder, that we will provide for you the performance of payment bonds. Okay. Didn't used wow. to be that way, but it, it is now. So that's why we have to get you pre-approved as if you're going to start the job and you're going to be awarded it at the time you bid the job. Yeah. So it's a method of authenticating your bid. I mean, not strictly speaking, but it's saying, yeah, right. these are real people and, and we can do this. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there that'll bid a job and require a bid bond and not a performance and payment bond. They just want to know if you can qualify. Right. We're really happy about those requests, as you can imagine, because <laughs> they don't get paid. But yeah, nevertheless, but you don't charge for bid bonds. Yeah, no charge for bid bonds. Okay. Wow. So, so what, go ahead, Cliff. No, go ahead, Martin. Well, what, uh, 
kind of getting into the weeds a little bit, what qualifies a contractor as being, what are the key attributes that qualify a contractor as being bondable? In other well, words, uh, we were talking before, if I come in and my books are an Excel spreadsheet and I do the bidding and I also uh, do the, put up the forms on a, on a concrete job, probably not inspiring a bunch of confidence in the, in the bonding company. Well, what inspires confidence in the bonding company is really simple. They call them the three C's, cash, character, and capacity. Hmm. And you cash flow the project until you get paid. Do you have the capacity to do the type of work that you want to bid? And do you have character? You know, do you do what you say you're going to do? And all three of those are measured by the bond underwriter that makes the decision. Now, on credit scoring bonds, um, it's a little easier. It's designed to help a new contractor get their first bond. It's not, like I said, a long-term solution, but if you just need a bond every now and then, um, we can uh, do credit scoring. So they just look at your capacity and your uh, credit score. So that, as, to them, that tells them all they want to know about their, your character. As, as somebody who used to be the one who approved bonds or not, what did you look at to determine if they had the cash? Working capital and net worth. Okay, so that implies you need to have good books, right? Yeah, current assets minus current liabilities. Anything you can do to prop up that working capital helps you get bonds. Also, a net worth in the company. Now, a lot of contractors, uh, guys that don't do a lot of bonding are used to taking all the money out of their company every year. And that's something that, that's a mindset that we kind of have to reset a little bit if you're in the bonding arena. Because think, what, what would a bond company, why would they want to guarantee that you're going to finish a project? and pay all your bills, and there's no liens on the project, you pay all your subcontractors, and it's done exactly according to the contract. You know, why would anyone in their right mind want to do that? It's because, it's because they have faith in your ability to do it over and over and over again. Sometimes a job's a stretch, it's more technical than you're used to doing, and uh, we gotta do a little bit of work to to uh, sell that to the bond underwriter. Why is this a good fit? Another trigger to bond underwriters that, that concerns them is when you're going into a new territory. Why is that? Meaning geographical territory. Geographical like going from territory. Memphis to work in Atlanta. Right. And why is yeah. that? Well, it's because you're not operating in a territory where all your support is there. Mm. You know, everybody you know, you're your friends, your other subs, uh, the legal environment of that territory. Um, is it union or non-union? What about the soil in that territory? What about the things that you didn't understand about working in that territory, the laws? Um, all of that could cause you to have a loss on a job, which could trigger you going out of business, which would trigger a bond claim or multiple bond claims. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So you had mentioned earlier the difference or you, that it's important to go and find a good bonding agent. 
what's the difference between a good and a bad one? What, what are some signs that you would see walking in and talking to somebody? Well, I'd say the first thing is make sure that that agent has, is a specialist in construction. And I mentioned earlier, if you wanted to build a bridge across the river and we bonded bridge construction projects, we're, we're your folks. But if you have a bakery and you want insurance on that, it's just, it's hard. It's like an electrician doing concrete work, you know, right. uh, or plumbing work. You know, our specialty is construction. So you want to look for that type of individual. Also, it's a people business. So you want to do business with someone you like and uh, you share similar values. Um, that's important because um, your bonding agent is selling you. And what makes you unique and different and attractive to a bonding company? So a good bonding agent, a lot of them have experience as underwriters. They kind of understand the ins and out. Um, but that'd be my my best recommendation for finding the right bond agent. Look for that type of an individual. Yeah, I'm sure that you got some really good bond stories. Uh, and I'd love to hear a few where maybe bonding goes right and it really saves somebody or where bonding goes wrong. Um, someone wasn't able to get approved or whatever it might be. What are some of your best bond stories? Best bond stories. Wow. Well, the best bond stories is when there's not a claim, but it, there's close to being a claim. They're not as in entertaining. <laughs> well, Hey, Look, uh, crash and burn stories, um, we could talk about um, all day, and they're sad and they're tragic, and, and it'll bring us all down and our listeners to hear them. Yeah. But it's important to know what, what the elements were in place when that contractor went under. Um, recently, um, as in a couple of weeks ago, uh, one of my good contractors um, was projected for the year end to make a million one a million hundred thousand dollars in profit and they lost nine hundred and eighty two thousand dollars on um on one job it was really wow. two smaller jobs for the same entity in the same location but uh what happened was the uh the engineer had had put his son on the job who had no experience and um, um caused a lot of problems the project manager who was extremely a trusted and valued employee had his wife leave and his father die and his brother die all in the same period at the same time it was a highly technical job that involved a lot of moving parts that were not ordered on time so it, it created a perfect storm they were behind the eight ball huge amount of liquidated damages assessed against the job um, and an engineer overseeing the job that wanted them to fail um, at that point. Don't know why, but this contractor, we rallied up and with the help and support of their, their bonding company, uh, we fought them like crazy. The job's finished. It's punched out. It's sad. It's an old story. But the happy, happy part of that story is they made it through and they're still in business. They still There's lost still a million dollars. Account. Hmm? Okay. But they, they did still lose a million dollars or nine hundred thousand, no? Yeah. So they it didn't... happens in construction, you know. 
we always talk about, you know, there's there construction is the one type industry where there's just no limit on how much money you can lose on a job. <laughs> but but there is kind of a limit on how much you can can make. Even with the world's greatest change orders where you're making 100%. But now, now I'm I'm joking about that. Right. But so so in my business um um there's a lot of risk involved. And if you do it over and over again, it's not risky. When there's something new that you want to do that interests you, there's some risk involved. So that's why you need, that's when you need a good bonding and insurance agent. And in, in that case, uh, the bonding agent's big benefit wasn't that it, they wrote a check to cover the losses. It's that they help defend and more, way more so than your client himself would have been able to do. Absolutely. Represented and defend. Yeah. Because what happened was this contractor in no way, shape, or form defaulted on the project. In no way, shape, or form could you say that they defaulted on the project. Mm. So the bonding company, we came in to defend them on that and let them know, this is not going to be an easy bond claim for you. We're not just writing you a check when you're wrong. Right. Anyway, that's that's a story. But... You know, there's a lot of happy stories. You know, there's a guy once I met that had a, a, literally $100 in a pickup truck. He was a painter. And, um, you know, we got him a commercial job for a million dollars painting and uh, went on to become highly successful. So, you know, those are the happy stories of bonding, you know, doing commercial work. Just more of it. Well, that's kind of the point I'm after here too is people who are on the tipping point of becoming a company that needs bonds from doing whatever it was they did before. So one of the first steps is if you're entertaining that, go get familiar with a bonding agent. Don't try to do it yourself. What are some of the other changes that you typically see on a, in a company that is transitioning from non-bonding uh, me and Bob and our truck and now we got five guys and now we got 25 guys into a company that is uh, bondable. And, and I'm thinking about bookkeeping and WIP and things like that that perhaps a lot of our listeners haven't even heard of. They've heard of bookkeeping, okay. but maybe not WIP. No, that's, that's a great question, Mark, because um, what do I do to sell you to a bonding company to get your bonds? Well, for the credit scoring, it's just a one-page application. I email you, and we just, we just work that out. You build your bond cost into your bid. So that's all there is to that. That was going to be another question. I didn't know who paid for it. It's in your bid. Yeah, for credit scoring yeah. bonds, it's a flat 2.5%. Um, some of them are th flat 3% of whatever your bid is. So if you're bidding a $100,000 job, it's $2,500 premium for the, bo the bond. And, of course, the okay. bid bond's still free, but if you're low bidder, you... You have to get the performance payment bond, then you have to pay $2,500. Okay. And you need the bond at the beginning of the project, Martin. You usually have about 10 days from the time the contract's awarded to get them the performance and payment bonds. So um, that's that's that part. And the standard surety program that, that we want to help you get to and through involves three years of uh, CPA reviewed financial statements, year-ending financial statements, 
that are done on a percentage of completion format. And they include a balance sheet, an income statement, uh, notes, and a completed project schedule, and then a WIP, work in progress schedule, jobs in progress schedule, it's called, work on hand schedule, it's called. So the reason that's important is because the WIP tells you what your backlog gross profit is, and that helps you get more bonds. How much profit is in your backlog of work that you're working on now? So again, good accounting records, a good construction CPA will help you get that. A personal financial statement um, is required on you and your spouse, all owners and their spouses. And you ask, well, why is that? And it's because a bond is not an insurance policy. If you default on a job, they want to be able to come back against your personal assets if needed to complete the project. Now, can they get your house? Can they get your retirement account? Uh, that sort of thing. Uh, no state laws forbid that. But it's a way of showing the bonding company that uh, we both have some skin in the game, so to speak. Okay. So that's another thing. Then they want to know if you have a bank line of credit established. So I tell contractors that don't have a bank line established, uh, take, take some cash and use it to secure a bank line until you get a track record going with that, that bank. Also getting good financial information to your banker helps you get bank lines approved. So those two go in hand in hand. Why do you want a bank line? It's just so you can draw on some cash if, if you have a cash flow emergency that you're not prepared for, you know, do, is there a proper way to use your bank line? Not really, unless you build that interest into your uh, project costs. So that's that. So those are the main elements. We have a contractor's questionnaire that we help you fill out that just tells us about your business. What is your unique capabilities? What are you best at doing? What makes you good at what you do? Yeah. Yeah. I, I really, in other words, it's a recurring theme here. And I, I hate to use the words quite this way, but I will anyway. You, you need to become a real business. And that includes accounting and insurance and HR and things like that. Not just, I'm really good at pouring concrete and that's what I'm going to do today. And mm -hmm. how long, when you said it's a three-year record to come up with a standard surety process, is that what you called it? Right. Um, and, and, that, and that is just a recurring ability to get bonds because you understand at a everything. good rate at a good rate. Okay. Yeah. So what's well, a bad rate? A, Can you give well, us an example of a bad rate? It's kind of what we call substandard surety markets. It's a company that charge a real high rate. Um, there may be some funds management or funds control, uh, by the surety company. Um, they charge a higher flat rate. Uh, the SBA With an example, like program, how high? Um, anywhere from three to four percent of the contract amount. Okay, is high. Yeah, that's a high rate. Okay. Well, it is. I mean, think about how much profit you've got on a job. Oh no, no, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that may be your profit yeah. on the job. Yeah, yeah, and but but if it's a if it's a job and you don't need a lot of bonds or you only need one now and then and you can build that into your job cost, it's a it's a way to get for us to get the job done for you. 
Right, right. But ideally, Martin, like you said, we want you to be a real company. Yeah. Right. Martin, you and, said with that, you said, you know, not just a guy that's good at poured concrete. I also want to say not just a guy that good, that's good at sales. Because a lot of times you think that you're doing really well because you're great at sales. And you've got this really high revenue line. But the reality is, like, you actually have terrible margins or you just haven't really kept track of things and you're not operating the right way. Most contractors, they will not accept the fact that they have any overhead either, by the way. Yeah, exactly. That was, that's one of the things I say in my book is that, and this is true, most of the businesses, contractors in particular, that I deal with do not know if they made money last month. They don't know. And there are lots of reasons for that, which we won't go into right now, but they don't know. And that's a good place to start. <laughs> and right. one of the main reasons, uh, you might talk about it, I've seen how they do it. I have a simple way of doing it. I don't know if you'd accept it, but work in process. Um, you, you have, maybe you've got some money up front and you've done a certain amount of work, but you've done more work than you've invoiced for. How do you keep all that straight? And Probably the answer is you don't, Mr. Contractor or Mrs. Contractor, but you have to have somebody who can, and they can tell you, if you were paid for all the work you'd done up to this date, this would be how much you had. Some you've spent more than you've been paid for, and sometimes you've been paid for more than you've actually done, that percentage of completion that you talked about. These are Really not that hard to understand what I'm talking about. They're a little bit difficult to keep track of. Do you agree with that? Without without a professional. Mm -hmm. Well, you could be overbilled or underbilled. Right. That tells well, that, a yeah. bonding company a lot. Right. So so you're right, Martin. That work and process report is 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 everything. And how do you get one of these reports? Well, you got to have right. a right system in place. And right. you know what. We just did a podcast uh, uh, actually yesterday on, you know, processes for contractors. And we were arguing that calling it system is just an ugly word. People don't want to hear system. So process sounded a little sexier. Um, so we agreed to go with the process. In. But it really is a system that you have in place. An accounting system is one of the most fundamental things you you need to have in place to have a real business. And there's estimating systems, project management systems, um, uh, risk management systems. There's all kind of systems that you have to have in place, but that we call processes. But there's something that, that you repeat over and over again. And our pitch right. to our listeners was, if you do that, then you can leave the business for more than a three-day weekend without losing right. your shirt. That's all. Yep. And if you have systems, you're going to make more money, too, because money sneaks away all kinds of <laughs> of mistaken false starts. Yeah. It just disappears. It really does. You know, I, I remember a contractor of mine 30 years ago that um, asked him how his business did for the year. And he pulled out a, a wad of money like a pimp to show me just a big old wad of cash. And he goes, what do you think? And I said, I think, have you paid all your bills yet? 
And Do you know was, what your bills are? <laughs> he was pit, he was pissed off. He's some kind of smart ass or something. And I was like, uh, I was like, uh, no, no. I just want you to know that that's pure cash because I'm happy for you. I'm happy. I mean, that's what I let him know. I'm I'm not being a smart aleck. Like, I am happy for you if you make money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, Stephen. Obviously, people can get in touch with you through your podcast. What are some other ways people can get in touch with you about bonding? Well, they can call me on the phone. Um, my my cell phone's a good way. Uh, phone number's 901-340-8085. Uh, just give me a ring. Um, if, if I don't answer and I don't know you, just leave a message and I'll call you back. That's a great way. Feel free to ask me any questions. Um, like like you were saying, Clay, earlier, no question is a dumb question. It's something <laughs> you don't know. And you don't know what you don't know. But yeah. demystifying the bonding process is, is, is what I'm passionate about. And controlling your risk through insurance is another thing. There's, insurance is a very risky business. It's a very dangerous business. People get hurt, and they get hurt badly. So safety, workers' comp. What insurance product would allow you to minimize your risks so you won't go under because of some unforeseen circumstance? That's what yeah. we do. Before we go, I'd like to uh, say this too, just for clarity. Bonding, I think we can call it a form of insurance, but it doesn't pay you. It pays your customer right. and defends you. Your own Insurance pays you right. if you suffer the loss. Is that a fair statement? Absolutely. Thank you yeah. for saying that. So you need you need both. You need if both. it's you need insurance always and you need a bond if you need one. But the bond is for your customer, the insurance is for you. That's right. Yeah. That's a, that's really helpful and clarifying. Well, um yeah, listeners should definitely check out your podcast, Contractor Success Forum. Uh also get in touch about bonding, going through that process and any insurance products specific to construction companies as well. Um, well, I, so wanted, I wanted to tell you before we left a, yeah. a, a great story on, a, um, on one of my contractors was a demolition contractor doing an implosion uh, down on the old hospital downtown. It was a 15-story tall, huge concrete structure, and um, I was a nervous wreck. I had to write the insurance specifications for the project. <laughs> oh, gosh. And so after the implosion... When the dust cleared, um, um, I noticed that there was a bunch of construction equipment holding up the uh, trolley power lines right next to the building that went down, and I had all that insured too. That happened to be one of my customers, and um, um, I, it was it was done on Mother's Day, so I took my mother to watch the implosion. <laughs> we had a special little place to do it, and. Uh, she said, yeah, back then uh, the birthing ward was on the ninth floor and the elevator was broken and your dad had to push me up nine flights of stairs, so I hate that place. <laughs> Blow it up. Blow it up. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, it's um, had another contractor that was, um, I had a restaurant I insured, and this contractor was pulling a, uh, a trailer that came unhooked from their truck, went through the restaurant, uh, wiped out all the cars, went through the window. Luckily, nobody was hurt, um, but it was another happy day Monday for me because I insured 
both of those. Both Another sides. time I had an electrical contractor that was uh, replacing the light bulbs on the Mississippi River Bridge. And uh, I had him insured for interior wiring, of course. And uh, there he was dangling from the bridge on the front page of the paper. And he even put in there that he had designed a rope system that virtually guaranteed none of his workers could be hurt. And uh, the underwriter happened to live in Memphis at the time. And uh, this was back before um, they even had beepers, Martin. That's how old it was. <laughs> I, I had just gotten the newspaper and opened it up uh, when I got a phone call from her canceling their insurance. It was uh, another <laughs> interesting day. So. Goodness. So, yeah. You Even know, though he had a perfect rope system. I can't <laughs> believe it. Insurance well, companies. it was just wonderful for any attorney to see that he had, had written that if someone did get hurt. Um, oh, man. By the way, the highest rated workers' comp classification, guys, is bridge painting. It's 240% of your hourly payroll. So wow, that's how risky it is. So anybody changing light bulbs, that's not as scary Yeah, on bridges. Well, I'm, I'm not going to even, I have a bit offer on my desk to paint a bridge out in San Francisco. I guess I'm just going <laughs> to ignore well, that one. Well, you know, I'll be happy to insure it for you. It'll cost you everything you have. <laughs> That's yeah, great. I forgot to put that cost in my bed, too. I just took <laughs> man hours times 1.4. <laughs> That's great. Man, well, we appreciate your time, Stephen. Thanks for being on the podcast uh, and part of this advisor mentor series we're doing. And yeah, go find a bonding agent if you don't have yeah. uh, one in, in your company. So yeah. And get Steven. started even if you don't have a bond so that you can build up uh, the basis. Exactly. That's going right. forward. Exactly. Yeah, get that relationship going before you need it, guys. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, thanks, Stephen. Take care. Thank thanks, you, Stephen. Thanks for listening to the Cashflow Contractor. Check out our website in the show notes or visit thecashflowcontractor.com.